This is Honest Math Chat, and I'm Mona Eel of Mona Math. I'm a former math avoider turned math teacher cheerleader, and I'm going to get real honest with you about math classroom culture, engagement, math discussions, and all the student-centered instructional practices to help you empower your students to love and understand math deeply. So every Monday on Honest Math Chat, we're going to work together to make our classrooms places where students see themselves as mathematicians. But let's not wait. If you're ready to engage every learner and get them pumped about math, you've got to use math discussions. I welcome you to download the guide to engaging math discussions right now. Go to monamath.com slash discussions. You'll get all my best tips on how to guide on the side while getting every child meaningfully engaged in discussing their math thinking. Everyone has a curriculum or some resource provided by their school or district. And everyone, absolutely everyone, has an opinion about it. Whether you're like you like all, some, or none of your curriculum, it doesn't really have that much effect on your teaching. (laughs) Hear me out. Most curriculums have similar ways of doing things. Most curriculums are similar in many ways. The lessons are aligned to standards in some degree. They cover the same topics at the grade levels, and the elements are all mostly similar. They have the same activities, practice problems, homework, online practice, right? However, your teaching has to do with your choices, your instructional methods. Your curriculum is what you can use to guide your choices and your instructional methods. But I believe that you can do good teaching with any curriculum you have or don't have. So I am currently a third grade teacher in Chicago at a neighborhood school that uses GoMath. I pretty much like none of this curriculum. I find it's very heavy handed in helping and guiding students, that there's very little room for flexibility or exploration, and it leans heavily on teaching strategies step by step and having students practice those steps. And as the layout of the workbook goes, it leaves no room for showing work or writing out your thinking, which I think leads to an emphasis on the right answer being put on the line. However, I still have a buzzing with excitement classroom. We do rigorous math and children are so joyful during math. And I use Go Math. I use Go Math as my pacing guide. I use the assessments with some modifications to increase the rigor, and I use the workbooks. I also supplement with a few things. I supplement with number sense routines to build students' flexibility and ultimately their fluency. I supplement with word problem workshop where students problem solve every day. I supplement with independent and self-paced fact practice and with strategic reteaching in small groups. Hey, I'm interrupting this episode to tell you 
about my summer math PD. Here's the thing. You see it every day in your classrooms. Your students think of themselves as, quote, not a math person. You might even hear adults in your building saying that. And for years, you've been begging for someone to make Common Core math make sense. But the only support that you're getting is coming in the form of more curriculum claiming to be aligned. And you know that the future is inside your classroom. You know they will need math in their tech jobs because technology is our future. And you are worried that the way you were taught to teach math just isn't working. You're tired of searching the internet and social media for new ideas. You know math is struggling. You see it every day. I know you've worked hard all year, but you're ready for something to work. I've been there, friend. And that's why I chose to start doing things differently. I like to call it renegade teacher mode or a math revolution. Really call it whatever you want, but let's get together this summer for some PD that prioritizes shifting the narrative and providing students with instruction that is not only high quality, but equitable and rigorous and joyful. So go to monamath.com slash summer PD and sign up for the six sessions that I'm hosting this summer. I can't wait to see you there. So let's dive into each of those elements briefly. So the first thing I supplement with is number sense routines to build flexibility. I use a few things to warm up our brains is how I like to say it. I really like the book from Jessica Shumwe, The Number Sense Routines for Grades 3 through 5. I'll link that in the show notes. I really like that book. Um, There's a couple activities inside of it that are my favorite. Number one is Count Around the Circle. And that's a great way to engage kids, every kid. You sit in a circle and each kid says a number and you are counting up in a certain way certain interval. So maybe you're counting up by five tenths and you start at two. So then the I say two and then the first kid says two and five tenths and we continue on. Then maybe we count up by a half starting at two. And while the kids are counting, you as the teacher record the numbers they say. And then at the end, students notice and wonder and look for patterns. Another routine from Number Sense Routines, grades three through five, that I love is what I call today's number. She calls it something else, but I, it's basically the same routine. It's great for flexibility in making representations of numbers in different ways. You give students a number, and then you ask them to make it in all the ways that they can. And this is such an easy, literally no prep warm up. Once you've given kids a few minutes to sketch down as many ways, I mean, you could give them a post-it note and they could write two and five tenths as many ways as they could, showing it with number models or drawings or really any way. Then you have students share. Maybe they share in triads or in small groups, and then you debrief as a whole class. So the way I plan these warm-ups is in conjunction with my curriculum. I look at the standards and the lessons within the unit, and I decide what parts of the math knowledge or the standards aren't fully covered. What misconceptions or lacking skills will my students have? And then I choose the numbers and the activities to build those skills. Make sense? Number two, I supplement with Word Problem Workshop. I typically use problems or problem types that align with the curriculum. 
Sometimes I even pull a really good problem right from the lesson. However, I strategically choose a problem that will achieve the lesson goal. So when I'm teaching fractions on a number line and equivalent fractions on number lines, right, I choose a problem that will lead students toward using number lines and then having a discussion about equivalence. When I first started, I used the problems right from the curriculum or from the guidance of my math coach. And this is where I had to do the most amount of growing in my own math knowledge. I didn't want to just keep teaching my students to carry out the steps in these different strategies and have them copy what I did. I wanted my students to discover the math and have an experience of manipulating the math, creating their own meaning. We know from research that when students develop their own understanding from an experience, it's more meaningful and it lasts. So I spent a lot of time learning the content through anticipating strategies and really thinking about all the ways my students might solve, considering the misconceptions or the roadblocks that they might run into. And once we have Word Problem Workshop, most students have been engaged, not most, all students have engaged in this problem-solving experience. Then the goal of the curriculum has already been brought to life. I then have them go back to their curriculum workbook and do the three or four problems from the workbook to apply their knowledge. All right, number three of how I supplement my curriculum when I'm planning and facilitating is independent fact fluency practice. Fact knowledge is essential to upper grade in middle school and high school math. Students need to produce their facts and have efficient strategies. I like to use mathfactlab.com or, Re- or Reflex Math for students to get a few minutes of ongoing practice throughout the year. Also, I'll put a little note in here. In the next few weeks, there will be another episode all on fluency, so stay tuned for that. And then number four, I supplement with reteaching strategically. I use exit tickets with my students every day to assess the goal of the lesson or the word problem workshop. And depending on how students do over time on these exit tickets, I use that data to pull small groups for a quick reteaching. I used the book Making Sense of Mathematics for Teaching Small Groups by Dixon to structure these small groups. I will link that book. It is such a good book. If you are looking for small group strategies, that's the book you need. All right. So your curriculum doesn't have to be the worst part of your math black. You can use your instructional knowledge and skills to bring it to life in both your planning and your facilitation. Here are five things you can do with your curriculum while you're planning and facilitating. Number one, use the curriculum as a guide. That is such an easy way to to plan your year. Use your curriculum as your scope and sequence. Number two, Use instructional strategies like math discussions, word problem workshop, exit tickets, strategic grouping, warm-ups, productive struggle, all of those to help bring that content in your math curriculum to life. And don't forget to look in your curriculum's lessons for ideas too. Sometimes on that sidebar of the teacher guide, there are some really good tips for warm-ups or routines that might work for you and your students. 
Number three, work on your own math knowledge so that you understand the full trajectory of how students might show up to this particular lesson. Remember, just because we teach it doesn't mean our students know it. Students are on a learning journey. They might not be ready for this lesson yet, but stay the course and keep giving them opportunities to explore and make meaning and discuss their reasoning with others. And each day they will get a little bit better. Number four is seek out support. You're learning and you're getting better every day too. Work with your grade level team to plan math. Everything is better together. So talk with your colleagues, ask your building instructional guide to support your planning send me a message. And if you're in the Chicago area or even in the Midwest, let's talk about having me come to your school to support you in this work. And then number five is flex on your facilitation. The questions you ask, the way you approach students, they all make a difference. You are the facilitator of the math discussion, of the math learning. You get to decide the norms in your math classroom. Focus on the process and the thinking and start now. Start right now today with students you interact with in math. Start by asking them why. And if you do, send me a DM on Instagram and let me know what they said. So let's wrap up this chat with a final thought. Your curriculum is just one part of your math toolbox. You have so much to offer your little mathematicians. Don't get bogged down in having to cover it all or focusing on what the lesson is or what unit you're on. Focus on what matters most. Students being active learners, constructing their knowledge through exploration, discussion, and reflection. And if you find yourself hitting play on Honest Math Chat each week, would you please consider leaving a review? There's almost 75 episodes and just a handful of reviews. What a shame. What a shame. Just kidding. But seriously, help me spread the word to more teachers that we're having real and helpful math chats each week on the podcast. By writing up just a couple sentences in a review, you can help more teachers discover Honest Math Chat. And if you do leave a review, send me a screenshot and your email address on Instagram at hellomonamath so that I can send you a resource to use with your students.